0: Welcome to Liberty Monk's podcast. James Mundy here with Mike Mundy. How are you feeling, brother Mike? I'm doing pretty good, my brother. How are you doing today? Pretty good, man. I'm pretty right. good. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. We've had, gosh, I don't know how many interviews it's been so far, but a lot. And it seems like there's been so much information shared. It's almost, um, it's incredible. Um, and sometimes, you know, we get people that come on more than once. And that's what we have going on today. And we have uh, a repeat guest. And um, and uh, we had a great interview a few months back with Scott Shara. And um, for those of you who don't know this story, it's important, I think, to to give you some context here. Because if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, I may have had something in my eyes that day. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> yeah, some, you and me both. Some pollen or something. Yeah, know. Mine were yeah. leaking yeah. At, at a massive rate. But um, you know, it's a it's a really tough story to hear. Um, I can't imagine being on the opposite side and, and Scott and his family's shoes having to deal with this every day. But he's taken a stand here and um he is working 70 hours plus a week right now to bring information out about what happened to his daughter Grace. And so for those of you who don't know what happened, I'm gonna just briefly kind of describe this and then we'll bring Scott in. But um, Scott's daughter, Grace Shara, um, was 19 years old. She had Down syndrome. She was given um, very, very dangerous combinations of medicine uh, at St. Elizabeth's Hospital on her last day there uh, in, um, in Appleton, Wisconsin, by a doctor named Gavin Shoker. Um, Shoker, Shokar, something like Whatever. that. And, 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 and so in, you, know, you could really look at what was done there and make the conclusion that there was some intent to, to harm her. Um, so what he did was he ordered a maximum dose of a medicine called Presidex. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a very, very powerful sedative used for surgery or procedures. And she was given that at 10 48 AM on the morning of that she died. And at 10 56 AM, like eight minutes later, this doctor submitted a do not resuscitate order. Um, into the system, and he did not consult Scott or anybody in his family when he did that. So, folks, that's a huge red flag um, when that happens, of course. And this doctor not only gave Grace a maximum dose of this dangerous sedative, but that really made it almost impossible for her to get out of there, right, because do not resuscitate. Everyone knows knows what that means. So uh, this story, obviously, for Scott and his family does not end well, but he has taken this massive stand against this hospital system. And as most of you out there know, the healthcare lobby is a huge beast to go up against. But Scott doesn't care because he's taken the stand um, to 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 uh, to bring justice to this, whatever that means to him in his heart and for his daughter. And it's a privilege uh, for us to have Scott back on, and he's in virtual studio right now, and we just brought him in, as you can see. Scott, welcome back to Liberty Monk, sir. It's great, great to see you again.
1: Well, it's quite a pleasure to be back, and it's great to see both of you guys again too. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, well, the privileges and and the uh, it's all on this side of the table, and um, we we certainly do appreciate the fact that you've been on with us prior. You gave us um, a very very uh, <laughs> That was, Scott, that was probably the hardest interview we've ever done, man. I'm um, honest, to be honest with you. It was just, just hearing your voice and your, just what you guys went through and what you're going through was just, uh, you know, if you have, you don't have a, you, you can't have a soul and not feel for, for people that are going through this. So we appreciate the, the strength that you have. and We appreciate the fact that you're back with us to give us an update because, you know, we, we really haven't had a contact with you since then. And we certainly would love to hear, you know kind of where we're at with this tragic event um that took grace's life and just what you have in front of you now but just kind of give us give us what new information because you, you mentioned in pre-show that you've got you've got a lot more info to share here and we certainly want to to spread that out um hopefully it helps
1: yeah so i'll just add one other leg of the stool with grace's death so people see the whole thing so you mentioned sure. about X, and so when you <sighs> Peel back Grace's death certificate, you see the first cause of death listed was acute respiratory failure. Well, if you read the, the Presidex package insert, which I have on Grace's website, you'll see that using Presidex for more than 24 hours causes acute respiratory failure. And when they near maxed out the Presidex at 1048, as you mentioned on her last day, she was already on it for four and a half days. So that was directly against the package insert. And then when you frame her last day, you know, two and a half hours before he did that with the Presidex and put the DNR <laughs> order on Grace, he had a phone call with my wife and I. My daughter, Jessica, was in the room with Grace. I had been taken out by an armed guard three days earlier. So this Dr. Shokar called us and said, Grace had such a good day yesterday, let's work on nutrition. But. Right before he said that he was asking us for the fifth time, if we would give a preauthorization to put grace on a ventilator, just in case it was necessary. And that was framed in the context that these type of things tend to happen in the middle of the night when we can't get a hold of the family. So, you know, what I've concluded because the numbers for St. Elizabeth's hospital for that day, they were maxed out. They didn't have any rooms available and the emergency room was maxed out. So they had to turn Grace's bed because we shut off the spigot of profit because we we rejected the ventilator. The ventilator is about a $300,000 payday. So now we reject the ventilator for the fifth time. He switches gears and said, Grace had such a good day that we should work on nutrition. We knew she, she had a good day in spite of being sedated. Grace was a fighter. Yeah, They had to take her out because they had to turn that bed. And the second cause of death listed on Grace's death certificate was COVID-19 pneumonia. That yielded a $13,000 death bonus to the hospital. But what really took her out, so you've got the Presidex, the DNR, but then they combined Presidex with lorazepam and morphine in a 29 minute window. And if you read the morphine package insert, which is also on Grace's website, you'll see that those meds are never supposed to be combined. And if you do combine them, you're supposed to have the reversal drug bedside and monitor the patient. Once they gave Grace morphine, no doctor or nurse came in the room. So, I mean, you can see the intent. It's written all over this. I mean, and you know, after, by the time I had met you guys the first time, I was already calling Grace's death murder. At the beginning, I didn't realize it was murder. I thought it was just negligence. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they accidentally did this. And So because of that, I requested a meeting with the doctor and the CEO after we had put together the med combination that killed her. Well, they rejected that meeting. So that really clued me in. And so, you know, ultimately I've been telling the story for the purpose of waking people up, you know, so that they can survive a hospital stay. Well, in between, you know, last time I saw you and today, a lot has happened. So one is I dug into the Holocaust um, I've been doing a number of joint interviews with, with a Holocaust survivor, Vera Sheriff, um, and she really helped me to, to see what is going on as a worldwide Holocaust. Well, that led into the next person who I met, which is Kate Shemarani. So Kate is a, a nurse from the UK, and she's been researching legalized euthanasia. So she showed me the smoking gun in the UK. She said, "Scott, see if you can find that in the United States." Well, the month before I met Kate, and when I say meet them, it's not phys- I didn't physically meet them. I mean, it's like meeting you guys. So um, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure you understand that. But I mean, yeah. you know, I spent a lot of time with, you know, lots of time with Vera and a fair amount of time with Kate to realize that they're real. So anyway, Kate, you know, before I before I had the opportunity to meet Kate we did our first hospital rescue. And that really clued me into what's going on. Because if people are not realize what's happening, this whole thing started on January thirty first of 2020, with the Health and Human Services Secretary implementing a unilateral um, public health emergency. And Congress over a period of about 50 years, gave up all congressional oversight to the health and human services secretary in the event of a public health emergency, which is declared by that same secretary. So he declares on January 31st of 2020, a public health emergency, that same public health emergency has to be re-upped every 90 days by law. So it just got re-upped on January 11th of 2023, just a little over just under two months ago. And it's still in place today. So people are still being murdered at the rate of a thousand people a day in hospitals with COVID as a diagnosis. People have already moved on from COVID they, because the population's asleep. They have no idea what's happening. So still a thousand people a day being murdered. Well, on November 5th, we saved a man by the name of Rob, Robert Pazer. Uh, he was in a local hospital in Green Bay. His sister called me. Um, wanted to know if I could help. She had learned about us through Grace's billboards. And and so I went to the hospital. Uh, Robert has SMA, which stands for spinal spinal muscular atrophy. So I told his sister when she called me on the phone, I said, they're going to try to kill him. I know I sound like a whack job, but they're going to try to kill him. She listened. And ultimately, by the time I got there, he would already had already been given three doses of remdesivir. And based on his body weight, SMA is a dehabilitating disease. He only weighs 40 pounds. He's 44 years old. He only weighs 40 pounds. That's his natural body weight. And so the amount of remdesivir they gave him was the equivalent of six doses. So when I got to the hospital, he was near death. And, you know, ultimately that piece of the puzzle helped me to see this agenda is is big and so we ended up rescuing him he's he's alive today and christmas time he he, him and i we talked uh last week we talked fairly regularly but anyway at christmas time he he said scott you know i'm able to celebrate christmas this year because grace died which is wow it was it's it's wonderful to see grace's death not be in vain but anyway this is still happening so literally, people are still being murdered with remdesivir and ventilators. And Robert is an example of that specific group of the population, which this applies to all of us. But they're, their desire is to take out the elderly and the disabled first because they have convinced the population of this collectivism agenda, which is we've got to ration healthcare, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is where Kate comes in. So Kate says, Scott, can you find the smoking gun in the United States? So, I mean, I started digging into Obamacare. Obamacare was passed March 23rd of 2010. But you start looking at what Ezekiel Emanuel said, you know, and he, he's the chief architect behind Obamacare. And he said, I mean, these people who are not contributing members of society, we need to take them out. So then I found literally in Obamacare, where it shows that if a doctor does not participate in euthanasia and mercy killings, killings, he cannot be discriminated against. I mean, it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, that's a smoking gun in and of itself. But then wow. Robert Hazer helped me find the real smoking gun. And on November 23rd of 2022, the Health and Human Services Secretary, because he can do this under a public health emergency, they can do all kinds of crazy stuff we don't realize. Well, they put in place death panels, so the literal document, and we've got this stuff all on Grace's website now, but the literal document to implement the death panels that people feared under Obamacare is yeah. there. So now, I you know, if you guys have some questions now, that's great. Otherwise, I, I want to walk through... No, just- Just keep it rolling,
0: man. No, I just yeah. I
1: I want to walk through this whole public health emergency thing so people can connect the dots because this is critical. Um, And then that'll get us to today. So now um, I wrote a a long paper. I have it on Grace's website about. How the government can legally kill us, and this is true. They can legally kill us. What we are what we are seeing now, they crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's So what they're doing, they can legally do. And I'm going to walk people through this right now. So I remember I mentioned on January 31st of 2020, the public health emergency was put into existence. Mm -hmm. Four days later, the Secretary of Health and Human Services implemented the PrEP Act. The PrEP Act is what gives immunity from liability at that time from the jab, from uh, any NIH protocol in hospitals, um, and and gave uh, bonus payments to the hospitals for following those protocols. So now, since the jab has been put on the childhood vaccination schedule, that piece of the PrEP Act is no longer applicable. So now the two pieces that are still applicable to the PrEP Act are hospitals following NIH protocols. They have immunity from liability and the government paying bonuses to hospitals to kill people. So that's still going on. All right, so now, so now February 4th happens, 2020. The PREP Act is implemented. That gave the, the uh, FDA the authority to issue emergency use authorizations, EUAs. So they immediately implemented an EUA for ventilators. Ventilators have a 90% kill rate. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Then they implemented an EUA for remdesivir. The criteria for doing an EUA for a med is that there can't be a con, uh, a med a competitive med that that produces results that are better than the med they're they're recommending. So obviously we know we have hydroxychloroquine mm-hmm. and yep. ivermectin. So I put the this detail and in. I interviewed Del Bigtree a couple of weeks ago because I started my own podcast and I had him spell out how they squashed ivermectin because he interviewed Tess Laurie and we we replayed that in. In the podcast but you know ultimately they had to squash all the trials for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine so they could get remdesivir approved under an eua so remdesivir has a 75 percent kill rate three doses and more so it's like oh my gosh then the final nail in the coffin coffin is they did an eua for for the jab and i want to go on that rabbit trail okay. here in a minute but now with the euas for the ventilator and remdesivir the United States is number one, and we're adding to these numbers every day, as I explained, to the tune of a thousand people a day. We have 1.1 million murders in hospitals with COVID as a diagnosis. So these people didn't die of COVID. They died, of, they died of protocols. So Grace died of she Grace did not die of COVID, no matter what that death certificate says. That did not happen. She died of they intentionally killed her. I mean, that's what the reality is. And all these people have been intentionally killed under the population reduction agenda. So we're number one in the world in hospital murders over the three years of COVID so far. So 1.1 million. So that makes no sense to anybody until you frame it in terms of who is number two. Number two is India. India has just over a half a million deaths India's population is four times yep. that of the United States, and their footprint on the planet is only one-third that of the United States. So you think, oh my gosh, is this, you start looking at the statistics, and it is amazing. Well, now I'll give you one more statistic on where this is going and why I'm, I'm really on this euthanasia. So this is, this is what they are trying to implement under the guise of, of saving money. Because we have before COVID there were 62 million Americans on Medicare and Medicaid. Now there's a hundred million, a 38 million person increase in the last three years. So before COVID those two population groups accounted for 39% of the annual federal budget. So now think about what's going on. They were already Obamacare that those population groups had to be eliminated because they're costing too much. Um, So I just want to add one more thing on on this rabbit trail and then I'll take a breath, which is so now with the jab. So everything I've shared so far, I mean, you guys probably know, but hardly anybody knows this. That's why I like to share the details. So one another detail people do not understand is that this uh, jab bioweapon is that it is a jab bioweapon. It was never a vaccine. So, Brooke Jackson, the Brooke Jackson case, she filed a false claims act case in January of 2021 against Pfizer. Okay, Pfizer's defense for that, for that claim. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. Their defense, they produced an other authority agreement with the Department of Defense that said they had no contract to test because they weren't producing a prototype. In October of 2022, the federal government came in behind Pfizer and supported Pfizer. The government is supposed to support the whistleblower. They supported Pfizer and said, yes, that's true. So they added to the motion to the Smiths. That case was heard on March 1st in Texas. I didn't, I I tried to look it up the other day, but I couldn't find it fast. I don't even know what the judge decided, but I know the attorney personally for Brooke Jackson and and I asked him about it before he left for Texas and he said I don't care what they decide Scott because if you know if they decide in our favor then we start you know discovery if they mm-hmm. don't we already have the appeal ready so you know regardless that case will proceed because you know it's that has to get exposed to the to the public so I mean that's the those are the things I was working on but the the biggest thing that I have been working on is um, none of that. Although I mean, that stuff is important because if people can wake up, they can save their their loved ones or their life. You know, in a hospital setting, you have to be prepared. You cannot go into a hospital setting think you're thinking you're there as an advocate to hold your husband's hand or your wife's hand or your daughter you know that's not the deal you've got to go in with the mindset that they're going to try to kill the person then you'll be prepared and we have documents on grace's website that will help toward that end although a document can never save a person's life i brought in the documents in robert pazer's um example Uh, We went through those documents with the doctor, and 15 minutes after we said we're stopping all of this BS, the nurse came in with the COVID flu jab to give him. You know, so we had to stop it in, you know, so a document can't stop, you know, the real advocacy where you are holding these people to Mm -hmm. account for every single step in the hospital. So now I want to switch gears into the bigger thing that I'm working on, but if you want to ask any questions about all of that rambling. Now's the time.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's I think just, it's important, just important, important to point out that um, you know the, the the information is out there, folks. It's everywhere. Remdesivir. Just go look on Tom Rents's website. Go. You can find this in so many different places. That drug is. What did you? What was the statistic, Scott? You said it was 70%. three doses, seventy-five percent
1: kill rate yeah for three doses is a more and you know so, the protocol is five doses five dosages not doses is <laughs> five <laughs> dosages is the kill rate so i mean five, are, okay. that's the protocol so three doses and more is a 75 percent kill rate i mean so this is serious stuff
0: it's well yeah it's serious stuff and so you mentioned um you mentioned presidex was it was a morphine and loraz, lorazepam
1: yes those three are what they gave grace
0: so think about this folks, you go into a hospital they gave, they're, they're giving lethal doses of pain medication. They're giving a antiviral if you want to call it that medicine that has a 75% kill rate depending on how often you take it and then, I mean Scott, I would presume most of the people in these hospitals are getting at least a five cycle dose, if not more. Right. Cause I know that, I know that, um, I, had well, heard us that's a stat uh, early on that it was like, Hey, once you get to the sixth or seventh day, then you're pretty much, you're you're, that's yeah. it. You're done. Yeah. On top of that, they're giving people event, which has a 90% rate. So folks, how are you supposed to survive? How, how would Scott, how would somebody survive that? How would, how would anybody even a, a healthy person that had no problems and nothing going on survived that.
1: Well, that's that's right on. And there's, um, unfortunately, you know, the number of cases where people have come out is arbitrarily low, uh, but it doesn't just apply to the disabled and elderly. It's arbitrarily low mm-hmm. because on top of all of this, which is a good segue to the other point I wanna make, is the government will pay you $9,000 to bury your loved one, if there's a COVID diagnosis on the death certificate, we turn down the money. Uh, my wife said, which was right. You know, we don't want their dirty money. No. But what happens then is people, you know, they bought into the narrative. And so then when their loved one dies, they were never there. So they don't know what happened. They never got any of the records because they believe the white coat. So that paradigm has been in place where we trust the white coat. The white coat tells them your loved one died of COVID. We did everything we could. They get $9,000 from the people who caused COVID, which is our United States government. And so um, they just they don't do anything about it. So the, you know, out of the 1.1 million murders, I would estimate probably only 10,000 people know what I know relative to their loved one. So of that that 10,000 people, most of them don't come out because, you know, fear and, you know, they have their head in the sand and, you know, they've got to work. I mean, all those reasons, you know, I I feel blessed to be able to have this opportunity. Most people don't have that. I get that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so that's why this hospital murder lane is way bigger than the, the jab lane but you know we don't get the traction because there's just not enough people yeah so, anyway yeah, I just right. I do want to not... share one other one other yeah piece, yeah peace absolutely um, before i segue into that last thing that i want to talk about but there's another killing protocol that people they don't realize how this is how egregious this is is there's a you know because grace's story has gotten um So so much traction a lady from connecticut reached out to us her down syndrome daughter was also murdered and when she shared the story i thought oh my gosh this is way worse than grace and she had done some digging and she found and i have the document that on april 6th of 2020 there's a doctor by the name of joel zivett and so he corralled some other doctors and they wrote a letter to all the state prison systems in the united states that kill prisoners by lethal injection. And he requested (laughs) their meds for for COVID treatment. So the meds he specifically requested were uh, midazolam, fentanyl, and and burconium bromide. So this girl, Megan, in Connecticut. So anyway, this got reported in the news on April 14th. So, I mean, she found the letter. I dug and found, okay, we have some objective news on this. Uh, because you know, just because you find a letter on the internet doesn't make it real. So I found mm-hmm. out the news. I thought, "Oh my gosh, this is terrible." Well, then she sent me uh, her daughter's medical records, and in the invoicing, you could see the trail of events. And so now they already had this poor girl on a ventilator for three weeks. So now she's near near end of life. They're they're near maxing out the amount of money they can make from her. And on December seventh, they gave her midazolam, fentanyl, and verconium bromide, lethal injection meds. And of course she died the next day on December 8th. So this is, this is not a joke, people. I mean, this is, you should look at it that you are next. If you look at it as you're next, that is the attitude you have to have in order to be prepared.
0: Wow. Um, That's something I had not heard. Um, (laughs) God. You know, I, I mean, Scott, I mean, do you think, I mean, are doctors just, do you think some of these doctors are, obviously this this other doctor knowingly went along with it, even provocated it. Um, do you think some of them just are doing it because they're fear of their jobs and they really know what they're doing? Or do you think some of them are that ignorant to the reality of what they're giving people? I mean, it'd be hard to, it's hard to, rationalized that somebody could go to medical school they're supposed to be highly intelligent people that understand dosages and and all that and I don't know the extent of training they get and all that but it doesn't really matter because you're in charge when you're in care of somebody else's life you're you're expected to honor the hippocratic oath um which doesn't seem like that's happening so do you think these docs, some of these doctors are doing it because they don't know, or, about th- I mean, it'd be hard at this point to, to seriously accept that answer. Um, right. Or do you not, think- any,
1: not anymore. I mean, you could have accepted that answer for the first, you know, three, four weeks of COVID, but of course not anymore. I mean, it is um, certainly fear of losing job. And I'm going to give you a, a couple of examples in that regard. Um, but, you know, a lot of them actually believe this crap. You know so they believe in collectivism versus individualism. So I mean if if they have believed that and they've been programmed through their medical training to believe that. Remember the Rockefellers are in charge of the yeah all the programming. So you know they have been programmed to believe this.
0: Yeah so I wouldn't rule I out I is, wouldn't rule out them being just evil people. That's correct. I mean, it's, I it's mean it's so it's then feeling. you go
1: to the you know, so the innocent on one end and completely evil on the other. But then, yeah. you know, so that, you know, in the bell curve, you know, the, the majority, I think, are, you know, they're protecting their job and they actually believe in collectivism. So I'll give you an ex- a couple of examples. So when we rescued Robert Pazer, so I got to the hospital at 930 that morning, 830 that night, 11 hours later, we physically removed him. And he was near death when we got there, but, you know, through a series of miracles. I mean, it was, it was wonderful to see him come alive. But ultimately, when we left, we left AMA, so they would not even remove his IVs. Then there was a shift change, and there was a decent nurse who was willing to remove the IVs. So now we're all in the room. My wife was there, uh, Robert's mother, his sister, uh, me. We have him in the wheelchair, all of his stuff packed up. And I said to the nurse, I said, I may never get this opportunity again. So I'd like to ask you a question. I said, you know, I said, you don't have to acknowledge this, but you know, they were going to kill Robert. So that's not my question. My question is, how could you participate in this? And she said, "Uh, I'm from the Philippines, and if I don't do what they tell me, I'll be deported. So that was interesting to me. Then another one happened about a month ago. So in our, in our area, um, Wisconsin Christian news did an article on our story back in April and a lady who lives next to the reporter called her and said, that guy's lying, talking about me. They don't put DNRs on people without consent. So then about a month ago, that reporter called me and said, Hey, my neighbor who told me that you were lying, just called me because she is the nurse in the hospital, her dad is at, and she happens to be power of attorney for her dad. And she was reviewing the chart and found an illegal DNR on her own dad. Really? So she called the nurse and said, Hey, that guy's not lying. So then, um, I said, do you think I can talk with her, this nurse? And uh, I she said, I'll see. So the reporter called me back. Yep. She's willing to talk with you. So I called her and mm-hmm. I asked, you know, she walked through what she found, et cetera. And I said, will you come on the air with me and tell the world what you found? I said, we're talking about saving lives. And she said, I'm 66 years old. I'm a year away from retirement. I just can't do that. Wow. So this is, this wow. is where people are at. Yeah, I can't grasp that personally, but I, you know, I'm, I'm cut from a different cloth, thankfully. Um, but I mean, that's, that's reality. That's, those are two live stories on the ground where you get, so you guys asked, what are, what are people thinking who are doing this? And I'm telling you, that's what they're thinking. That's okay with them because, you know, they've got to provide for their families, basically.
0: Well, and to your point, this for the predictive programming is a real thing. It's an absolute real thing. There's no, I mean, to to, most people don't even know what collectivism and individualism is. I mean, let's just be real, unless you're reading G. Edward Griffin's work and you're, or you're reading, you know, other works from other people that can explain what that means. But it is not good for anybody to have mob rule. And, and, you know, this country was founded on individual principles under God. And as an individual, you know, I, I, get, you know I, I don't know if the mentality, Scott, is like, oh, it's, you know, if we don't, we're not going to have the life we want. This This whole culture has become such a me, me, me thing. Everything is about self-love. Everything's about what I get. That is not what we were put here to do. And I don't care what anybody says. That is not why we're here. And individualism is the only way that you can be the best version of yourself under the grace of God and this is just my opinion to help others to to be a community you don't you can have you can have good outcomes with individual success this is not everybody's got to have the same that's just to me these people don't want to actually go and do what it takes you know to to be a good person or to to thrive and to help others thrive and to to just go and eradicate people just heartlessly i mean the, it's Almost like these people have sold their souls, Scott. I mean, it's I don't know what else you say it, it's demonic, it's sat- satanic, in my opinion.
1: You couldn't have a better segue to what I want to talk about last, which is <laughs> I think that is promise dramatic. we didn't plan that because <laughs> I don't know what you're about to say. Well, that is exactly what's going on. That—that That is by far and away the biggest thing that I have stumbled across. You know, <clears> of <throat> course, I, I knew Satan is, is real, but I didn't realize you know, the extent of this spiritual battle. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, I want to set this up because in, so how I, I first learned of this, I, I had never heard of the term Hegelian dialectic until I was researching the Holocaust. And so then I learned that in, in July and I started digging into it and all of a sudden it, I saw this and I did a paper on it. I put it on, on uh, my podcast um, mm-hmm. in February, but you know, ultimately what it, what this is about is this is a battle of good versus evil. God, good, Satan, evil. And this got started in the garden. So way back, you know, God always offered the tree of life. And then Satan offered the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But I'm using mm-hmm. good now in quotes. So yeah. Satan's good. So then what, what happens is we are talking before the show about how Um, these dialectics exist and so i just want to use an example to to show people how satan is operating this is 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 big stuff so just this last sunday mark levin who's you know most people respect him he's on fox every sunday and so he did a, a big segment on the lab leak you know this is corrupt you know the the This is a lab leak. I mean, they lied to us, blah, blah, blah. Well, anybody that has been paying attention knows that this is not a lab leak. No, this was purposely designed by our government to release, to reduce world population, you know, so what I would tell people, um, if you're in love with Fox, you're not going to like what I have to say, but they Mm -hmm. are controlled opposition. And so Mark Levin was the spokesperson for controlled opposition. So, so what's going on there? So that dialectic, so we're going to talk in terms of the, the Hegelian dialectic is, um, done in small ways and big ways. So in small ways, they're called exoteric dialectics. These are all the things that we see on a big way. It's called an esoteric dialectic. So esoteric means it's all happening behind the scenes. This is this is the spiritual battle that's happening behind the scene. But Satan really has control of the exoteric dialectics to get us all off track. So now we get people debating about something false. So now people are debating between uh, bat theory and lab leak theory. So we get a whole segment of the population that's spun out on that now, and they can't see truth anymore. Mm-hmm. So now... You know, so that piece of it, what ends up being, being the, um, you end up, if you believe in that and you get spun out on that dialectic, you end up supporting, supporting the cabal. And so now that particular piece allows the cabal an exit strategy to what they created. So they created this whole thing, but if it's a leak now, well, that was just an accident. Now we have, they have a way out of this where they stay in charge. Okay. So that's one tentacle. So that's Satan. Obviously you can see that as satanic, but let's just look at the opposite way. So now Satan also has the ability to reinvent himself as an angel of light using truth. Okay. So the truth is we know the United States invested and invented this whole thing as part of the master plan to reduce world population so we know that anybody that's awake knows that okay so now that gets exposed as truth okay so now I'm still explained that's we're still not on god's way yet we're still on satan's way because what as as all these big things get exposed and people realize oh my gosh this government is totally against us You know, there is a race to expose evil, which plays into Satan's hand, because now Satan creates an inversion and recreates himself as an angel of light. And the reason I say this so strongly is because if you look at the people who are invested in producing an inversion, not the people themselves, because I don't know them, I can't Mm -hmm. know their hearts, but you see that they don't acknowledge how we got here. We got here by rejecting God, which then the only way to get back is, the number one is repentance. We have to repent first. If we don't repent first, everything that they're peddling relative to an inversion is is Satan reinventing himself as the angel of light. And we're gonna get duped because if you process, this thing is gonna get substantially worse than where we're at now. And so as it gets worse, people are going to be clamoring for the security and comfort and version that only satan can can whip up because it's not based on the truth of what the scripture says and what god has to offer which god has always offered one thing which is the tree of life. So anyway, that's that's the biggest thing that i i have been exposed to and you know i finally have it rattled through my head enough that i can mm-hmm. talk about it semi intelligently.
0: Well, and you know, it's um uh, it's, it's, I'm glad to hear you say this because um, we've been saying all along that whatever they're doing, you have to look at what the other hand's doing because the, the, you, the everything that they're doing and propagating on us is a distraction. So when we talked yep. about the lab lake, yeah, it's a distraction because they wanted us to initially to believe this cockamamie story that it came from some bat. There was no evidence, there was nothing. They literally just threw out a narrative and everyone bought it. At a, at a wet market that doesn't sell bats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then yeah. to your point, they just switched the narrative to get people distracted and distressed and they're not seeing the big picture, which is this is indeed, to your point, a spiritual war that's been going on a very, very long time. And you know, I had somebody that we're really close to mentioned something to us about this. Uh, David Sorensen. Told me on a private call because he's been on the show a bunch of times, and he has a great website called Stop World Control. And he said, "This is what needs to happen. God has to expose this because could He do something about it now? Yeah, he's 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 convinced that God could end it all now. The problem is, it would not, it wouldn't be gone. It wouldn't be right. eradicated. The evil would still be there. It would all still be. It would all just kind of creep right back in, and it would end up being right where we're at now or worse. So he needs the sons of God." to stand up and rise up and, and to be ambassadors for, for good and ambassadors for Christ. And he said that the only way for people to wake up, to your point, to to, do, to repent, and it's all about this getting back to, to God, is for this to unfold the way that it's unfolding, for this evil to be truly exposed for what it really is, and the heinous, the, just the the sheer just just awfulness that it is. And, you know, it's it's interesting. We talk all the time. How do we how do you get that message, that heavy message across people, which I think you did a fantastic job. You mentioned exoteric dialect. What was the other one?
1: Exoteric. So es- esoteric is behind the scenes. Ah. Exoteric is up front. Everybody, everybody can see it. So Satan is creating <sighs> these exoteric dialectics. You know, the one like where you compare the the wet market versus the lab leak. That's really yeah. easy to see. When you when, But when you look at, um, okay, well, what about the real truth behind this? Okay, so the United States created it. Okay, well, ooh, now we think we've got something. But if, what's the purpose of exposing that truth? That's where you see this. That's another exoteric dialectic, but it's a lot harder to see because it's so, you know, once we get a bit of truth like that, we grab onto it. But you got to put it into the context of, okay, what is that truth being used to do? And so you can say, if, if the person is sharing the gospel and, and shares that, you know, the purpose of me, even on this rabbit trail is to get us back to God in repentance. Um, then you can see, okay, they're exposing truth for, you know, God wanting them to expose it. But if they don't ever do that, They're exposing it so that Satan can set up the angel of light Mm -hmm. um, takeover.
0: Scott, you mentioned things, you believe things are going to get substantially worse. Um, Can you shed any light on that? What do you mean by that?
1: I don't, I'm not a prophet. I mean, I just see, you know, when you see Bill Gates as the, either the largest or second largest landowner in the United States, they talk about food shortages, you know, all these plants being destroyed, eggplants, chickens, I Um,
0: mean, yep.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you see, okay, so food shortages, you know, power outages, um, you know, we, you know, the train wreck, wrecking water, you know, so they are, they're, they're, um, they're setting us up to really control us so then we have to beg for our lives basically because you know so then what happened I mean it's the perfect time then at that point for Satan to come in as the angel of light and and uh, come in with something yeah. that resembles if you've ever read the Nasara document I have that on Grace's website also with with the um release of the spiritual warfare paper I did in February so you know they come in with something that resembles nasara I mean, every one of us would think this is the greatest thing since sliced right. bread, but it doesn't start with God. So that's why you can see it as it's Satanic. When
0: you say Nassara, are you talking about, is that the legislation from the late 90s? Is that what you're talking about when you refer to that, yes. Jasara and Nasara. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um,
1: so, I mean, something yeah. like that, when you read that document, you think, oh my gosh, this is this is, uh, Right, Nirvana. yeah. And, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, when that gets, when that gets portrayed to the population, hey, you know, and so, you know, some candidate, I don't know what that looks like, but they come up with this, this agenda. And I mean, who wouldn't buy into that? Yep. Well, I mean, only because my understanding of that would be they wipe out,
0: I mean, they basically give everybody a financial reset and like, you know, uh, which is, which is you know, well, since when have they ever done anything to really you know, help somebody?
1: I I, I agree. And it sounds, you know, I read the whole thing over. It sounds, yep, it sounds fantastic. Yep. So when I read that over, I thought, oh, this is, this is exactly the angel of light situation that we should expect.
0: Well, they even, um, they, they even about- frame it uh, as like Bill Clinton had to sign that under distress, you know, with Navy SEALs surrounding him and all this stuff. And again, I've just heard that narrative a couple of times, but you know since they just yeah i could see where that i could see where that fits that i could see where that fits exactly like a glove you know
1: Great. and whether it's nasara yeah. or not it's it's the concept it's the concept that people are going to be clamoring i mean look at all the way back to the early old testament esau sold his birthright for a bowl yep. of soup okay so i mean we're going to be willing to sell our souls to be able to eat and have power, and you know, and so it's going to take the, you know, the people who are not, um, if they're kind of asleep, they're claimed to be Christians, but they're asleep. I mean, this is the time to get yeah. grounded, because you know, there's, when you look at the Book of Revelation, it lays out the Antichrist system and the false prophet system. Yeah. So if you look at the Cabal versus the Alliance. The cabal is the antichrist system. The alliance is the false prophet system. And God tells us, I mean, everybody's going to be duped by the false prophet system. And he cuts the whole thing short for the sake of the elect.
0: Well, um, I know we're running up against our time, Scott. This has been um, really eye-opening. Um, we appreciate um, just you filling us in and what you've been up to. And also just, just the, the vast amount of information you've been able to soak in and it's been, um, just, it must be an incredible ride for you, man. you're in your family. I know, I know it can't be easy, yeah. but I'll tell you what, uh, you, you're, you're staying uh, as strong as I've seen someone stand. So I, I respect that. And, you know, Mike and I give, you know, have just a lot of just uh, heartfelt condolences and respect for you and your family and just how hard you're working, man. Is there, I guess if there's anything that you'd like to leave us with, I'd love to hear that now. Um, just kind of as you're, Continuing on this just journey, uh, what is it that you would like to just kind of leave us with before we before we exit here?
1: Well, I want to tell you know I just want to share about my my best buddy Grace. Mm-hmm. You know, Grace Grace died. She was a martyr. She died to wake me up personally. Uh, I was a lazy Christian, so I mean I can look at all you know I can look at the nurse who gave Grace the meds, blame her. I can b- blame the doctor who delivered the meds or or ordered the meds. I can blame the hospital. I can blame Fauci, uh, Klaus Schwab. You know, I can, there's all kinds of people to blame. I can blame the United States government for even creating this. And, um, but the reality is, you know, the person that I need to blame first is myself. And I had to personally repent for being a lazy Christian. And, you know, that's the reality we have to, we have to stand up. Um, you know, I I I miss Grace more than anybody I've ever missed. I cry every single day. You know, she is she was the best gift that God ever gave us. And so to have her not in my life, I mean, it's hard to it's hard for um, me to explain what that means. But I know she died, you know, she died for a lot of wow. reasons. Robert Pazer was a reason she died. For but for me personally, she died to wake me up, and so that created first uh you know responsibility, now it's a duty and you know, I want to persevere until the end. And so what I want people to do with with what I'm sharing is, sh- you know, if just take the numbers so I can do the math in my head right now. If a thousand people watch this, each person can do something with their yeah. talents. So one of the things that anybody can do is share it with a hundred contacts and you're, all of a sudden then a thousand people becomes a hundred thousand people who saw this. You know, let's multiply that so that we can help wake people up to what is going on. So that's what I, you know, that I want to share at the end. And then just Grace's website is ouramazinggrace.net. And I'd love it if you came to that website and got to visit my, and see who my daughter was.
0: Ouramazinggrace.net, folks. You Scott, no, that's, that's, you know, here's the deal. Um, You don't have to have what happened to Scott and his family be the catalyst to wake you up. That happened to be, to scott to your point the way that you woke up Great. um and i'm sure that you know if you could change that and have some other way you would do it but it, this is the way this is the way it worked and um but that doesn't doesn't have to be your reality guys it, it can be you can proactively wake yourselves up you don't have to have some horrible tragedy do it you know and you know it, i'm just Scott. to just it's, ref, it's just if there's anything out of this you know because the first conversation we had just um, one of the things I think we talked about is just making sure that grace didn't die in vain. And, you know, this is proof that is not the case, <laughs> which is incredible. You know, um, just absolutely incredible that what it's done for you and your family and your just, your heart, it's just, it's inspiring. And, um, what can, you know, we, we just want to know what we can do to help Scott. So is there, what else, what else can people do to help?
1: I, I really simply want people to share the message. I mean, I got people, you know, people want to know, can they donate? Of course we have a give, and goal. Okay. people can donate, but that isn't, you know, that is not, if we, we were blessed financially. You know, we, I thought God blessed us for the purpose of taking care of grace after we're gone. So I'm not after any money. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, um, We just, anything that happens to come in, you know, we're just, we're using it to get this message out. So, I mean, that's, that's what's going on. So if people want to donate money, that's, that's fine. But I'd much rather have you share this with other people. Do it to the people who you think are least likely to, to um, wake up. I mean, we have that obligation time. You know, I think time is short. You know, this is the time get right with God and share, share the opportunity um, you know, we've got to wake people up.
0: Yes, sir. Well, Scott, um, uh, just stay on the horn with us here. Uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll cut, we'll, we'll end and, uh, just, just stay with us here for a minute. We can, uh, we can say our goodbyes here in a second, but, uh, folks, um, you heard it from right from Scott, what's going on. And, you know, after everything that we've looked at and everything that we've heard, I, and tell you, I can't refute one syllable that came out of Scott's mouth. And I would challenge anybody to be able to do it um, about what's actually happening right now. Um, and if that's not enough, um, I don't know what can possibly be the catalyst for this wake up call, but we need one quick. And um, Scott, we just appreciate you having the courage and the the fortitude to, to come on all. Of, I know you're going a lot of interviews, man. Now you're doing your own show. Uh, where can people find your podcast before just so, so we know that too?
1: Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's actually something people get to do. <laughs> so grace's newsletter also and when you show it on the screen the website in the upper right hand corner you can sign up for her newsletter and then there's a tab on grace's website called deprogramming with grace's dad uh so we have our own rumble channel yeah so you see over on the on the left hand side you see deprogramming oh yeah yep so that's where the podcasts are if you click on that you'll see i had dell on a couple weeks ago i had Stu peters on a couple weeks before that and you know lots of different you know i've just met a lot of different people so they're they're all willing to help thankfully and um you know Fantastic. so that's where the you know so we have our own rumble channel so i do the podcast once a week and then we post them the next day
0: very good um um folks so again that website myamazinggrace.net uh scott god bless you god bless uh you and your family and all the hard work you're putting in and um We'll stay in touch. God bless everybody out there listening. We appreciate you more than you know. And as always, God bless not the government of the United States of America, but we, the people of the United States of America. Let's make that very clear. Um, And God bless all of humanity. Until next time, be safe and well and have a great evening, everybody.